0: Thank you. Hello and welcome to The Truth Shall Make You Fret, a podcast in which we are usually reading and recapping every one of Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, One at a Time in Chronological Order. But today, you may notice my voice is a little different, and that's because I'm not Joanna at all. I'm Francine, because today we're doing a bonus episode for May 25th, If You Know You Know. And it's about video games, because we talked about that in the first Johnny and the Bomb... No, first Johnny and Maxwell...
1: Trilogy, Johnny Maxwell Trilogy Book. Johnny Maxwell book. Trilogy
0: Book. Thank you. Dude, doing well. I did the first bit, all right. Yeah, no, and I'm impressed. Uh, and I wanted to talk about it more.
1: <laughs> no, I'm very excited to talk about video games. We can't really talk about anything more May 25th relevant until next mm-hmm. year. Exactly.
0: I'm Francine Carroll. I'm Joanna Hagan. Yes. And that's as far as I can remember the intro. No, that's cool.
1: Good. Uh, I'm very impressed. Well done. I've actually felt a bit jealous watching you do my intro. Francine. I'm sorry. I'll well, never do
0: it again. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Usually if I do an intro, it's for the
1: Patreon stuff. So I never go through any of that because people know what the fuck they're listening to. Uh, <laughs> uh, a note on spoilers before we crack on. We're a spoiler light podcast. Um, obviously heavy spoilers for video games. Yeah. No. <laughs> I
0: mean, not really. For the In concept the, of video games, we are going to confirm whether or not they exist.
1: In the book series, the Discworld book series, we're currently up to Carpe Jugulum, so we won't be spoiling any major future events beyond that. Mm-hmm. And we will, of course, be saving any and all discussion of the final Discworld novel, The Shepherd's Crown, until we get there so you, dear listener, can come on the journey with us. Lost in an infernal dungeon. through From 8-bit pixels
0: through to 160 FPS. Oh, that's much better. Well done. Oh, now we're even. Okay, so... Today, to give you a vague idea of structure, we are going to eventually talk about video games in general. Uh, I'm going to ask Joanna a few questions about video games. I'll chime in every now and then. But Joe, as a budding game developer, has a bit more to say than I do. Um, and a giant nerd. And she is a giant nerd, yes. So am I in a slightly different direction. We need to get yes. around to that chart. Uh, <laughs> so... First of all, though, I've got like a bunch of bookmarks relating to Terry Pratchett and video games that I haven't been able to shove in anywhere else yet. So I thought I'd just tell you about a couple of fun things. Awesome. Um, First of all, it's not really that. It is, um, have you played any of the
1: Discworld games? Apparently there's four. There are four. I haven't played any of them because I wasn't into Discworld when they were coming out. I was a bit young. And then they're very hard to get hold of now. I have been plotting for a while and I will get to it setting up an emulator on my computer and playing a few and doing some sort of stream.
0: Okay. Is there no way to podcasters? play through, uh Steam or whatever then?
1: No, I don't think so. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Good. That answers that question. Cause I thought that might make fun bonus material at some point. And I like the idea of you like Twitch style streaming it. That's fun. Yes. I'll be there in the chat just making obnoxious comments. Yeah, please do. First thing I found in my little list of bookmarks was uh, Pratchett was interviewed for the very first issue of PC Gamer in 1993 Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. The archived uh, PDF of that is still available online, if you know where to look. And I found it and saved it, and I will put that somewhere accessible for people. Some of the bits about video games he talked about in there, because I think it preceded one of the video, the Discworld games coming out. Um, I quite like one of the quotes saying like what kind of games he likes. So this is 93, remember, so I'm not massively up on the landscape of gaming at the time, but... Um, so he says, I like Fear of Destiny. There's something very nice if you are basically a pacifist kind of guy about kicking down a door and spraying a room with bullets in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> it's good. And just about the, the type of games he thinks are good. He was kind of getting a bit introspective with it. It's just like, well, the point is, is a game good because it grips you for a week or two? I can, if the game's really got me by the throat, sit there for an afternoon until my eyes are like furry, hard-boiled eggs. It's only when I've got to the end that I can stop playing the bloody thing and get on with some work.
1: (laughs) Familiar? Yeah, that's that's a personal attack.
0: (laughs) Personal attack all the way from 1993. Rude. I was a a baby Pratchett. This is very rude of you. (laughs) Well, now you're bothering him in the afterlife, so I feel like it's even. Yeah, no, I think we balance out. But yeah, so in that interview, he was talking about some of the games he does like. He said Wing Commander, which I think we mentioned before in the yeah. context of um, and that you book whose name I've forgotten. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> wow. Literally like two weeks ago. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh, Tetris. Not only did I eventually wipe it off my hard disk, I threw it away and used Norton's utilities to make sure I could never, ever use it again.
1: <laughs> there is something about like block placement switchy round games that is just so so super addictive Brain tickling, yeah like I want I fancied playing one when I had a couple hours of just not really doing anything the other day and I downloaded it and then like two weeks later I suddenly realized how much time I'd lost to it over the last two weeks and I had to delete it off my phone because it was unhealthy
0: is it like candy crush type thing? yeah yeah so um that I think is whole separate side issue we can't get into but a particularly interesting one because yeah you're quite right and i think there's been studies into it isn't it that they're designed to be
1: addictive and to they're mm-hmm.
0: designed to be addictive and to kind of push you into spending money
1: yeah and it's
0: that put on top of tetris basically which yeah. is like again a really studied addictive game i mean not with such a nefarious intent i no. assume but um i mean though people talking about dreaming about it for weeks afterwards weren't they like oh yeah absolutely
1: there's a really good little Neil Gaiman short creepy short story poemy thing in one of his collections uh before the episode is over I'll see if I can find what it's called that's about that sort of getting stuck dreaming on an addictive game thing oh awesome cool yeah we'll link that
0: nice um and then something I've never played but this might mean something to you he managed to finish Prince of Persia (laughs) which is apparently not easy no it's not um Then moving on to slightly more sophisticated video games, um, in early two thousands to mid two thousands, Thief Two he was apparently very into.
1: He was like super active in the uh, like forums and fanboards and stuff.
0: Yes, exactly. So, uh, so there's a a Guardian article which I'll link to, which um, collated some of the coolest comments from that one, Um, and I will also link to his comments in the same way that I do to the alt talk fan dot practice yeah. things um it's just quite nice reading through just him being in a good mood on the internet <laughs> <laughs> it's not him like textually answering criticisms it's him like so i keep getting spotted on this level <laughs> um, he he mentioned in there that he quite liked far cry um and i also saw him be persuaded into buying oblivion which takes Ooh, us on to nice. the next uh, point, which was a beautiful article, be- really nicely written. I'll, I'll link to it and do read this one, listeners, um, on Eurogamer, which is the story behind the Oblivion mod that Eric yes. me worked on. So he... I'll start off by saying, okay, there was, there was an interview with the Author Hour where he talked about mods in general. Um, and he says... I. I just enjoy the fact that in this world that's rather controlled by commerce, there's this inner world of people giving up their time and effort to perfect some little detail about a computer game for the delectation of others. I told this to my wife and I said, how good the weather was in the game? You know, it's immersive. You feel like you're there. And she said, are there rainbows? And I said, I don't think so, but I'll check. And yes, someone's taken the trouble to mod for the Oblivion game rainbows. So if you're standing in exactly the right place in the game, between the sun and the rain, you will see a rainbow in the sky. Here is a game with dragons, well, no dragons, but with demons and vampires and bandits and there are rainbows and there's a gardening mod. You can plant your own garden and grow your own vegetables or well, there's sailing mods. And some of them are. Most of them. Oh, sorry. And some of them are. Well, most of them add to the enjoyment. But yeah, um, there's a whole website's full of it. And I think there's a craft in itself and some wonderful stuff is produced and I salute the people that ty- take time to do this for no other reason that they want to exercise their skills and hand it to a community and I tend to write little notes saying that a boy that was really good I really enjoyed this or sometimes you know that didn't work on that particular bit but it takes something which is in a sense kind of passive and makes it sort of more real <laughs> that's <laughs> I make really me lovely. want to do some modding
1: <laughs> I've been looking a lot at modding and, oh that uh, seems yeah that seems like something you should do <laughs> no it's good for, it's a good thing to do for the portfolio yeah. <laughs> And there are like big mod teams now. There's something I'm looking at. There's a group of people who are basically creating a huge Skyrim mod, which is they're putting Morrowind, I think, into Skyrim. I'm not oh, wow. familiar with like <laughs> all the Elder Scrolls lore and stuff. Um, But they're like hiring. It's it's all volunteer based, yeah, but yeah. they're taking on like writers and things for it. So Fun? But yeah. I need to read up on the lore a bit because like i've watched other people play skyrim a bit and that's it oh you've not played have you no? Uh i saw how into it all my friends were getting and i know what my personality is like and i knew that if i downloaded skyrim i would do nothing else for like 10 years
0: yeah i would suggest playing it before trying to write for a mod but, um... oh, no, i will i will play some for that purpose oh right yeah okay yeah but then you want some back backlog of uh lore, yeah yeah um, but yeah, so the the Oblivion mod itself, specifically, uh, he contributed to uh, Vilja. I think that's how it's pronounced, V-I-L-J-A, um, which is a companion mod made by modder Emma. Uh, he became enamoured with the character because it was just really well written. Um, he liked how it reacted. If you like, gave gave her a gift of strawberries, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so he reached out to express his appreciation, and later, after having a bit of conversation with the modder, um, added some suggestions, and eventually became a bit of a collaborator. Uh, so from the article together with Charles the three worked on the pack donkeys mod which allowed players to purchase up to four pack donkeys from the troll stables Pratchett delighted in the fact that his donkey Chico kept stealing carrots and getting him and Villia into trouble with the Imperial Guard <laughs> um, and he wrote a lot of the dialogue uh, to the point where his writing was used in the Skyrim version of the mod um, oh amazing who, in the, in the uh, lore as uh, Villia's great great granddaughter yeah and one extra bit that I didn't realise until I reread this, I must have mess- missed it the first time around. Um, he specifically requested one of the important functions of Filia, which is the lead the way function. Mm-hmm. Um so this allows the companion to lead the player out of the dungeon they're in, and that helped him continue to play as his Alzheimer's worsened. And oh wow! So, yeah, so if he like lost track of. Because I do that all the fucking time anyway. Let like, oh, yeah. If you're dealing with Alzheimer's, you lose track of where you're at in a dungeon and you just have the I'm lost function and Vilya will lead you out again.
1: Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's really cool.
0: Um, yeah. And that that's all the bits and pieces I had. Well, it's not quite all the bits and pieces I have bookmarked. It's the ones I can <laughs> justify going on about in this one. But I'll link to all of that and um, some other interesting bits. Yeah. There's some like audio and video interviews of Pratchett about video games. They'll link to as well, but obviously it's harder to put across in a.
1: Yes, yeah. <sighs> no, that... I did. I just sort of take great joy in knowing that my favourite author also really enjoyed this as a thing to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. It is. It it is delightful, reading him talking, reading or listening to him talking about a hobby. Yeah, because while his his output kind of is our hobby, um, obviously for him it was a. You know, there's all the thorny issues of copyright and people criticizing, and and him always having to field even quite nice mail or whatever. It's it's not. It's like the don't monetize your hobbies thing. I mean, obviously, this was always a career for him, but you're never going to enjoy it in the same way that you do something that you do
1: purely for fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you've got some questions. Some questions, yes.
1: What's the first video game you remember playing? Definitely Tomb Raider two. Well, okay, so because I talked about Tomb Raider on the podcast, (laughs) definitely. But (laughs) Tomb Raider Two is the first video game I remember playing. Apart from, and this goes back to us just talking about Tetris, Mm -hmm. my mum had a very, I say very old, I think it was eighties, like knockoff Tetris handheld thing called Brick Game. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So I played that pretty obsessively. Um, But yeah, we got Tomb Raider Two like kind of free with our computer and uh my mum, my sister and i got really obsessed with it but all three of you yeah like my mum would sit playing my sister and i would take turns reading from the strategy guide sometimes my sister would have a go but for some reason i was also super freaked out by it and wouldn't play anything other than like the level like the assault course at home by myself i'd get super panicky as soon as something came jumped out and started attacking me oh how old are you like probably six or seven all right um, and nice. I still get like really stressed out when I play that game. So there's a level, oh. like the spider. The spiders do not look even slightly realistic in it. And actually, spiders in video games normally don't bother me at all because they're yeah, at one remove. Think,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know why that because they I, I can't oh. deal with them in films and stuff. Like I have no idea what Shelob looks like in Lord of the Rings films. I've never had my eyes open. You don't need to. Pretty much what you think. Yeah. But for, the spiders in Tomb Raider 2 freak me out because they freaked me out when I was a kid. And there's a level right. with Reficial. giant spiders near the end and the first time i played it on my own was uh, like as an adult looking ones yep yeah as an adult i tried playing it on my own and i i genuinely couldn't do the level with giant spiders in it
0: not gonna lie that looks fairly realistic for the
1: time it is realistic for the time and by the time awful I was, now by the time i was playing it as an adult by myself yeah it, it was not realistic for the time all right fine yes <laughs> <laughs> i have since managed to get past the giants. St- spiders in the penultimate level and i have completed the game by myself oh, i
0: sympathize not with the spider thing particularly i'm sure i'd be the same with the wasps so it just made me vomit yeah but um i i'm a controller dropper i flinch i'm a very nervy player of games uh like fallout or whatever if a death claw jumps out at me i've dropped the controller on the floor That's, yeah like i strictly, which do our not friend play, finds very
1: funny um <laughs> i do not play like horror games because no. even like especially first person games they freak me out like bioshock i struggle with mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. have you ever done any kind of vr like even tried it sorry i'm just hopping way ahead now but
1: no no it's cool uh yeah a couple of times so one of the few horror games i've played a little bit of my friend uh kind of our friend um american anthony got um, it when it was still vaguely new for playstation mm-hmm. um were you we there that might we, we there was like a horror roller coaster game yeah uh, we all took a turn on and that was a very weird because you're playing in VR. It genuinely feels like you're on a roller coaster and like you feel yourself move up and down mm-hmm. because I guess it does something to your brain. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, giant dead pigs and zombies and stuff flying out at you in VR. That freaked me out. Yeah, and I then, think,
0: I think I opted out of that bit. I think I had a go at one of the other ones.
1: I was at a friend's, I haven't played much VR cause like I, I'm not going to spend the money on it for myself. I know I won't play it enough. Mm uh gaming for me is a sitting down and relaxing thing not a getting stressed to that level thing i do get very stressed by some games but um i was at a friend's and we were playing this uh it's like a bomb defusal game and one person's wearing the vr headset Yeah, is that good it's so fun i love playing it when you're one of the people who's not wearing the vr headset and so you're solving the puzzle and telling them what to do right but I got so stressed out when I had the headset on that I was just like, no, nope, I've got to stop. I can't do this because because I'm self conscious. I'm in front of a group of people and I'm wearing this silly headset and I can't see what's going on around me. And huh. yeah, I found it really stressful.
0: That surprises me. Um, just because you're you're usually a bit better than most people I know at performing under pressure.
1: I don't know. I think it was the uh, like sensory deprivation yeah. thing of it—the fact that I can hear people around me, but I don't know what's going on in the room yeah. around me, and I can't see the room. That's fair. Yeah,
0: yeah. You don't have all the info. Oh,
1: um, which games do make you stress? Then that you do play. I am the sort of person who will get really ragey when I can't like win a fight or something in a game, like mm-hmm. boss fights and stuff. So, uh, like, I just finished Horizon Forbidden West and there were a couple of big fights that, like, I did manage eventually, but it took me a few goes.
0: Yeah.
1: And the way some of the difficulty and, uh, like, levels of damage and st- stuff you take had changed from the first game as well, I I ended up tweaking the difficulty, which is okay. something I absolutely never judge people for doing and I think it's weird when people get judgmental on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you generally start, like middle when you play a game see how that goes and then tweak
1: yeah i generally start normal i really hate difficulty based trophies because i haven't platinumed that many games but i have platinumed a few yeah but when you have to complete a game on like the nightmare version to get the all the trophies that irks me because i don't necessarily enjoy it but uh i wanted so Dragon Age is like my comfort game that I go back and replay a bunch. Yeah. So I'm replaying Dragon Age Inquisition again. And I thought, okay, now I should try it on Nightmare because I've played it so many times before and I'll actually get the trophy. Mm. And that was really stressful for like five levels, but now I'm really enjoying it.
0: Okay. I really enjoy, um, I got very into Fallout 4's hardcore mode, whatever that's called. I think it's just called hardcore. Mm. Um, the main changes being you can't save and yes, you, you find somewhere specific to sleep oh uh, cool and like with a big open world game that's quite
1: a, a uh, challenge, challenge yeah.
0: sometimes yeah so you end up it, it makes it a bit more immersive because i ended up like uh making a little base in a house by the river which was reasonably safe as long as i cleared out the enemies every now and then it makes you feel more like you're in like a sci-fi post-apocalyptic well, situation you're to yeah. a base
1: so you can go back to it and get rest and yeah yeah, I like that. Like, I don't think high difficulty is necessarily good or bad, but. No, think... no, it's, 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 it is without,
0: without moral judgment, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. If you don't, you don't. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my, my husband, who's very into video games, is similarly non judgmental. Luckily, he will quite happily play through all the difficulties to get all the different trophies. Yeah. I mean, you think you're a completionist with games. He so is fucking. It takes forever. I will watch him for weeks sometimes. I'm like, you don't enjoy this game anymore. It's like, nope gonna
1: finish it (laughs) especially when games have got collectibles like I was really glad with Horizon Forbidden West Uh, it's not a spoiler there's lots and lots of collectibles but you do not need to do all of them to get all the trophies oh yeah and so my plan was like oh I'll go finish off those last bits and like tidy up the game uh, once I finished the whole story and then once I'd finished the story I was like I will go and do the bare minimum I need because there's like two trophies I don't have, and then that's it. I'm not going to go around and then get all of the collectibles I've missed because life is very short.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, Do you remember, uh, like, do you have any particular levels or bosses that
1: stand out in your memory as being particularly awful? The second time you have to fight the sorceress in Spyro Year of the Dragon. Uh huh. Because for a bunch of it, you're on, like, this awkward little UFO thing that's really difficult to control Mm. when you've been, like, land-based for most of it. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that stressed me out a lot. That's interesting. Spyro the Dragon, that was PlayStation 1, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do do most of your gaming console? Have you always?
1: Yeah, apart from, like I said, we had Tomb Raider on the PC growing Mm. up. Because that came with it. But then I got bought a PlayStation 1 when I was still a kid. Yeah. And from that I was pretty much all console because it was kind of easier to get console games than PC games a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and you were more likely to find them on sale. I freed up the computer for other things, because
0: generally it was a one computer was, per household. Yeah, it was back a family then. computer yeah. and, like yeah. I didn't have my own one. Yeah. Hmm. Um What were your like childhood favourites then, apart from Tomb Raider?
1: Uh, so completely obsessed with Spyro Year of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was like the first one I got on my PlayStation. Um and I had a Game Boy colour as well, so Pokemon. Obviously. Oh yeah the same. Which colour? Uh it was purple. Yeah, it was purple.
0: Oh I mean the Pokemon game. Oh, oh yeah. No, I had Pokemon yellow. Ah. I got yellow eventually. I started off with blue. I think yeah. one of my friends ended up with like an extra yellow for a birthday present and gave me that as well. So I was very pleased. I've still got my yellow Game Boy colour upstairs no games for it i don't know what happened to all the games but i managed to hold on to that i got it when i was nine or ten me and charlie saved up money and like bought it together and Mum paid for half of it
1: yeah i i don't remember what happened to my first game boy i think eventually i i got a game boy advance and i gave the game boy away to someone with the games uh but then i can't remember if i ever told you the story when i was in like sixth form I had this really lovely friend who knew I used to get really bad January blues, so he made me like a January advent calendar, Hmm. like a random little gift every day in January. And the gift for the 31st of January was like he'd somehow managed to get hold of a yellow Game Boy Color and a copy of Pokemon Yellow. And that was my, uh, it was in that weird time before they were vintage enough to be super expensive and difficult to get again. yeah. So for all I know, it was like his old one or something, but it still worked. And I sat and played all of uh, Pokemon Yellow again. It made me really happy. Oh, that's so nice. Did you ever
0: have like, um, did you ever do all the cheats and that for the Pokemon games, like the missing go? and the?
1: I never did the cheats for Pokemon games, but I again, Tomb Raider, we, lo- we looked up all the cheats and did oh, yeah. all of them because we thought it would be really fun. <laughs> um, but I never really got into like cheat codes and stuff. I knew they existed
0: yeah well you had to of course this is all pretty easy internet access you had to get them through word of mouth or through these manuals that you would pick up in game shops yeah and it would be like the complete game guide to whatever game and it cost nearly as much as the game again yeah and it
1: would yeah um strategy guides and they'd often come with cheats and things like that and sometimes you get them in like the gamer magazines and easter eggs and stuff as well mm-hmm. like i'd never know to look for easter eggs in games if i hadn't read about it in a magazine yeah
0: I feel like cheats, they're they're quite fun. Like Again, no moral judgment on it at all. But it's kind of a... It it almost seems to have a bit of a moral lesson in there somewhere because it very quickly makes the game less fun. Yeah. Because when you can get everything, yeah. Age of Empires 2, for instance, is really... Was it Age of Empires 1 even? I don't remember. But really fun for a while when you work out, you can like cheat code your way into infinite resources and a um, motor car. Yeah. Um but then you're like, oh well this isn't really
1: a game anymore, is it? This is <laughs> The only one that I feel like cheat codes were part of the gameplay experience was The Sims. Oh, for sure. yeah, Rosebud. Absolutely. But uh The Sims is a weird one because I never had it at home, but I had a friend who had it, so we'd play it whenever I was at her house. Mm. I remember she had two get two PC games I was obsessed with. We'd play the Sims a bunch and build these ridiculous houses, which is where I learned the cheat codes. And she had like a Barbie Horse show jumping game that for some reason, like I was super obsessed with doing the dressage thing. Hmm.
0: That I've uh, no, no, never even heard of that one, but yeah. Uh, Sims I had, Sims I or Becky had, which it really didn't matter because we were around each other's houses, yeah, constantly. Um, uh, but yeah, and then I've still got well, I own a digital copy of The Sims 3, I think, yeah, um, which I haven't played for a while, but. Every now and then I'll bring it out and get very obsessed for like two days.
1: Yeah, this is another one that like I don't own as an adult because I know it's something that will be a time drain for me. Like I'm more yeah. conscious of what is a massive time drain and what isn't and I'm more careful about what games I buy because of that.
0: How do you navigate that in general with games then? like, uh, Do you feel like you're wasting time if you play games for too long or is it more uh, you
1: want to be able to control when you stop? I, w- I want to be able to control when I stop. Because I, I uh, I don't know, between compulsive tendencies and general control freakiness, I tend to plan my days out to a certain extent. Ah, uh, yeah. And video games are very much like a thing I can do for a couple of hours in the evening to relax. Yes. Or yeah. not, depending on how stressful the boss fight is. Yeah. Um. Is... Sorry. And sometimes I'll like allow for like a lazy day at the weekend where I just play games for a few hours because sometimes it's really satisfying to have like a six hour session. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I pick games that I really want to play or like it's like with Dragon Age, it's like rereading a favorite book over and over again. I like the story and I like the different stuff you can do with the story. Hmm. Dragon uh, Age, you played a whole bunch. I've played, I'm not sure what number. I this is only like the fifth playthrough, which if you compare to like how often I reread a book I really love, isn't a lot. Sure. But for a game, it is a lot to have <laughs> And that's just Inquisition. Like I played the first and second one a bunch as well.
0: So, I mean, that kind of answers my uh, what's your favorite game now question.
1: Do I you... would... <laughs> it's a favorite in that like it's comforting for me. I will always really love like that series because <laughs> it's like really good lore and world building and it's fun and the more you learn of the lore and world building the more you pick up on in the game and those are really exciting yeah but it's i think it's still tied with like horizon zero dawn for favorite because horizon zero dawn is just so good it's such a good game
0: fucking love that game
1: it's such an amazing bit of storytelling
0: I know. i'm gonna my, my own issue with time time wasting in quotes and um video games is that i just feel I, it's been years since I really got into one because I sit there feeling guilty about it the entire time. And yeah, I you feel it's not like I, Yeah, I don't. Jack sits there and plays for hours and hours, and I don't feel that way towards him. I don't feel judgy towards him. It's just when I'm doing it, I'm like, I should be achieving. I feel like maybe when I've achieved things in life, I will feel less that way. But at the moment, I'm like, I should be achieving something. I don't. I fucking sit there doing other shit instead. But
1: um, I well, don't know. I don't know why games in
0: particular kind of set that off in my brain
1: that's why i kind of specifically have it as like an evening relax wind yeah. down time like so i will depending on how obsessed with my own, my own producti- productivity on any given week i will feel guilty if i start playing games before nine o'clock in the evening right and right, i yeah. will feel guilty if i play any later than 11 o'clock in the evening mm.
0: i think this is why i've not kept up with handheld games um i quite like the idea of a switch but
1: I don't I feel need like something I...
0: I can take upstairs with me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel like I just kind of think, oh, I'll we'll pick it up for a yeah. bit and maybe play like while I'm watching TV. Exactly, the phone's bad enough. I
0: don't need something like <clears throat> designed to be
1: that absorbing. Fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I do. Uh, I did love Nintendo stuff. Though Nintendo 64 was my first console, and. Like Pokemon Stadium, and
1: I never had one, but my cousin had one, so we'd go over and play it obsessively whenever mm. we were there. And I was like super jealous that I couldn't get a GameCube, but I did. I've got like, one still, come around and play it. I know, we keep saying we need to have like a little GameCube night. I've don't got we? Smash Bros. I've got Mario Kart. We will have a Mario Kart night.
0: If you like Smash Bros. I love Smash Bros. I love Smash Bros. Mm. i don't come play Smash Bros. I usually play Pikachu, but I'm willing to be flexible. No, you can play Pikachu, it's okay, fine. Thank you. Sorry, I'm not chewing him in now. <laughs> um, mm.
1: Sorry. But yeah, it was weird. So my friend got me, because uh, I play. I tried Guild Wars when I was like 14 and kind of got into it, but it didn't run very well on my computer.
0: Mm.
1: So now as an adult, my friend is super obsessed with Guild Wars too, and he's like, oh, you need to play it, let's download it. Uh, so when I first put it on my laptop, it didn't run very well. My laptop's not really built for that sort of thing. Yeah. But it was very because It's like, oh, I can sit and game on my laptop while having TV on in the background. And somehow that feels more productive than just sitting and playing games. Huh. I've, so obviously hmm,
0: maybe I'll try that. <laughs> I could take my laptop through to the living room. It's always I've, it's almost always static here, hooked up to the screen and the keyboard and everything. Yeah. So hmm.
1: But I've um I've taken it off my laptop now because I've got like a nice fancy computer where it looks gorgeous and runs really smoothly but i hardly ever play it because i don't feel like i can sit down and relax for an evening in this room because this is the room i do my work things in
0: yeah maybe when you start modding you can combine them better
1: yes probably
0: <laughs> um things like uh sim games not just the sims did you ever get into things like um uh, like monopoly tycoon or like
1: sim city or any no, of that no i never really got super into those occasionally I don't mean monopoly tycoon roller coaster tycoon yeah uh there were there were more games that my friends had and I'd play when I was at their houses than yeah. games I ever had and whenever I started playing one I would get super into it and then I wouldn't want to play it again as soon as I'd stopped if you know what I mean like I wasn't right, desperate yeah. to have a copy of it
0: yeah because you weren't like waiting for the next bit of the story or whatever
1: no I think it's also because I started on things like Spyro and Crash Bandicoot as well as Tomb Raider I was more into some like platformers and actiony things and that's kind of stuck with me
0: yeah, I feel like now this is where I need your expertise. The kind of line to me between like a story-driven game and a platformer seems to have blurred more, and I don't know if that's just because I've seen more of them. Where
1: I think it's that always
0: blurred, being or, blurred. Or, yeah, I don't yeah. think
1: they're mutually exclusive. Um, and then you have RPG as well, but then that, some RPGs are a bit platformish. And blah, yeah. blah, blah. like I would say, like Horizon. The Horizon games are like a blend of RPG and platformer. Yeah. Because there's a lot of climbing and movement-based stuff that you've got to be doing, but they're also very based around the story and engaging in the role of the main character and deciding what you would do as that character.
0: Yeah, and combative,
1: and combative. Yeah.
0: So, is storyline very important to you in a game?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the main reason I play games. It's a lot like reading a book or watching a film for me, but more interactive.
0: Yeah does does like the 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 presence of meaningful choices as a character important to you then can you just sit back and enjoy the story knowing it's very it's going to happen whichever way or does is it quite because i know dragon age is very it makes a lot of difference doesn't it
1: yeah yeah i mean dragon age and like mass effect as well so they're both bioware the same company like lots of people joke like mass effect is space dragon age or dragon age is is fantasy mass effect right um and they're both. There are massive choices you can make that like affect the whole world, and they carry over from game to game. Like Dragon Age has this whole thing you can go online and set up have all been your like choices magic at one
0: point, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's
1: so cool. You can set up all your choices from the first two games to create like this world to then play out the third game in. Amazing.
0: Um,
1: but I don't mind stories that are more linear and don't have all these different branching narratives and choices if they're good stories.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, and. So things like dialogue, do you pay a lot of attention to that as, yeah, well, as well as like the, the you know, the overall storyline?
1: Yeah, because I feel like dialogue is where a lot of games can get a bit let down. Yeah. Um, Because it's obviously dealing with a lot more mechanics than, say, writing dialogue for screen or for a, in a book or something, because the dialogue has to work. But you also need to be able to do the cinematic and program it.
0: Yeah. And
1: so it can sometimes fall by the wayside and get a bit clunky or uh if you've got like a, a main character trying to m- sort of monologue a bit it can get very cheesy.
0: Yes. Yes it can. <laughs> um I just remembered another quote from that that 1993 Pratchett article which I thought you might find amusing which fits in here. Um so the question being adventure games are very often described as interactive fiction the idea that being that the player is shaping the na- narrative in his role as the central character is that description justified? Uh, Pratchett says I've always thought that idea was a bit suspect because there's a limit to what you can really do. You can only have a certain number of limited choices and a number of those choices are going to bring you back into one particular thread. You can't really branch out into some huge decision tree. I'm not sure the truly interactive game has yet been invented. Um, following on to, how do you see the computer gameplay gameplaying game-playing medium evolving in the future. says, so, well, first of all, let's take virtual reality. I don't believe in it. The trouble with VR is that while you're clonking around in your data gloves with your headset on, there's a billion bugs out there in the real world who are metaphorically going to be putting your car up on bricks and ripping the tires off. <laughs> I must confess that I don't see the future of gaming going too much further. Some things really do go as far as they can go, like the bicycle. You get to the point where all you can do with a bicycle is find slightly different ways of producing it. There is an awful lot of difference between the fastest racing bike now and the Vickers bicycle of the 30s.
1: So, slightly non frassy and fratted in 93 here. <laughs> I mean, he's not totally wrong. Like, gaming has got a lot bigger in that games themselves are bigger, the narratives can be yeah. a lot bigger. Like, obviously, they're much prettier and shinier. Yeah. But, but from the-
0: 93, we're talking here.
1: Yeah. So, things like sandbox games weren't a thing. No, very true.
0: Um, I-, I don't know about the future of VR myself. I'm biased because it's not something I've gotten into.
1: I think it is. A novelty that will never replace gaming the way people yeah. game now. Yeah, um I think it's like another thing you can do. I don't think it's ever going to become the thing that you do.
0: I quite fancy getting one, like one of the compact ones, just to play like those music hit the What's note it? with your lightsaber yeah. game. Um, but that's very expensive. Or oh, I fancy trying that. Exactly. But yeah. Hmm. Um characters when it comes to like character writing for a game Mm -hmm. do you think that gets kind of put by the wayside a bit as well do you think does character writing mean a lot like especially for your own character there's kind of two ways you can do it isn't there there's like a this is pretty much a blank personality project yourself onto it and then there's a like more like horizon zero dawn where you've got this is your character you are this person who has these personality traits
1: I like with Horizon Zero Dawn that you can also do like slightly different emotional reactions. It's not mm-hmm. a branching narrative thing. It doesn't yeah. change the story long term, but it gives you a feeling of control over that character. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't think there's anything wrong with... Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the blank slate character. Yeah. I, I think it's fine to have a character that has their own wants and needs, is written like that, and as you're playing the game... You're not completely in that character set. You're seeing what their wants and needs are because you are, again, it, it's
0: like You're a story. Yeah. It's,
1: it's You're role playing, it's a story. Maybe it's, it's more of a first person thing. Hmm. Um, I really
0: enjoyed Black. This is vaguely related Black and White <laughs> on the PC um and black and white 2 we play as a god you are this hand of god moving mm. stuff around and depending on the decisions you make your hand becomes like more or less evil looking
1: which is, i've never played it but you know, i've been to, I've seen lots of uh play videos of it
0: it's good fun um black and white 2 i got at one point but the, my computer at the time was too shit to run it properly and you did that frustration you were just saying about it the skipping yeah. and the lagging and so it just put me off the whole thing maybe i'll get it again one day if it's still That's on fair. steam um yeah, do you have like a favorite character then from a from a video game?
1: What like as in a, a playable character or is like just any mm, either? First playable character, start with playable character. I will just forever love Lara Croft. I know it sounds like I'm only talking about three video games. I swear I have played more. It's just, I know, I'm you having have, a combination of <laughs> complete mental blank and they're just the ones that are always like more forefront yeah but like every version of Lara Croft even when it's like weirdly sexualized or when it's been kind of redone and in like the newer Tomb Raider games really well written
0: yeah I would just always back into
1: it (laughs) yep fire a daughter um I'm not just saying they're well-written because Rihanna Pratchett wrote them. But no, I mean, she's not worked on all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will always have such a fondness for her because it's such an iconic character. It's existed for so long. And because it was a female hero before I got to really see female heroes and stuff. um, I wasn't like a comics reader apart from the Beanos, So I was aware of Lara Croft way before I was aware of like Captain Marvel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also it was like much needed representation for um,
1: polygon tits. mm (laughs) yeah before that all we really had was madonna and the cone bra (laughs) which was probably a contemporary actually
0: (laughs) oh dear and how about like side characters and things then like
1: oh i'm now trying to think there's uh i had a very weird not a crush crush on and i now can't remember his name but the hunter the cheater that like follows you around and shows you how to do stuff in spyro oh because he was like a cool dude bro cheater, nice yeah friend uh, friend crush (laughs) yeah like it wasn't an actual crush i feel like i really need to clarify that i'm not a furry now no
0: i think a lot of children have that kind of you know you you got a bit of a crush on the personality yeah exactly Yeah, yeah
1: And yeah, like he was a cool, cool dude bro that yeah. uh, showed you how to skateboard. So I wow. was super into that. <laughs> but also he was a cat. <laughs> and what more can you ask for? Oh, and literally any character voiced by Claudia Black, because she's voiced a lot of video game characters. And I uh, deeply, Black, deeply I love Claudia Black, She is. She's done Bioware characters. She was one of the main ones in Dragon Age. She's been in Mass Effect. Which she's one? I watched you play in Dragon Age. Uh, Morrigan, the witchy one. Okay, yeah. I got you. Uh, but she's also in Farscape. Oh, I've um, seen some of I that. I can't remember the character's name now, but the dark-haired, like, kind sure. of romantic love interest. Yeah. Very cool. I just really love her. Hmm. Very nice.
0: So with other aspects of the game, then, do you like things like puzzles within a game?
1: I do, but I am absolutely not above Googling them if it takes me right. more than, like, five minutes to work out. Got it. Yeah. yep. yep. And I'm never going to sit and want to play a game that's like all puzzles.
0: Yes. Say so like puzzle as part of the quest is fine, but not as a...
1: Yeah, not yeah. if that's the whole entire
0: theme. I Because just... you like puzzles as themselves, don't you? You're very good at crosswords and things.
1: I do. I think there's something about the mindset I'm in if I'm gaming because it's like, right, I have two hours of this enjoyment to get through this bit of game. And then I will go to bed. Yeah. So if I have to do a puzzle and I've got to stop for like 10 minutes and sit and work it out and I'm not doing anything else while I'm doing that, mm-hmm. I'm annoyed and I want—I just want to get on with playing the game. So That's, I fair. That's
0: fair. Coming towards the end then, because at some point my shopping is going to turn off and I'm all right with that. Uh, <laughs> I've deliberately stayed away from most of the serious topics surrounding gaming because who the fuck wants to talk about that right now? Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your general... And they can be nice, positive ones, if you like. Your general thoughts on video games' influence like as regarding social changes. Do you think things like representation within video game characters are useful? Have they been useful to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they're kind of underrated as an art form, like as Mm -hmm. as a form of entertainment for how much of an effect they can have. I I don't think it really occurs to people who complain about too much representation what that representation means to someone. Yeah, who isn't used to seeing themselves? Uh, things like the opportunity for your character to be queer or not, yeah. or just not having like an enforced hetero romance in yeah. there. Uh, that's something like, especially with the Final Fantasy games. I know a lot of people have talked about, but things like just having characters of co- color of not necessarily having race exist the way it works in our world if it's set in a completely different world. Yeah, Those things are just important in games as they are in film and television. And I am optimistic that the industry itself is getting a lot more diverse and games are becoming more diverse as a result.
0: And do you think the kind of, uh, I hesitate to he use such a noble term as naysayers, do you think the twats who complain about that are going to are just be dragged along
1: with it eventually? Yeah, I, I don't see us really backsliding on it. Again, looking at what's happened in the film and TV industry, it, don't get me wrong, we're still not there. There's yeah. a lot of work to be done. But I don't think a couple of play, people saying, I'm not going to play this game, it's too woke, is really going to stop. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think a game has ever really been hurt by the wokeness sales. No
0: no you'd get that idea wouldn't you if you were in certain
1: subreddits but in reality has that ever translated like the Mm. fury at the last of us 2 focusing on a female protagonist and apparently that's she was too muscular yes no how dare they how dare they (laughs) yes
0: yes have you um have you i know you've not really had a lot of time recently but have you got like a little list of indie games you want to end up playing
1: uh I have a bunch. I really yeah. want to play Hades. I keep hearing really good things about yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um pretty much anything that comes up on like the PlayStation Plus freebie games for the month I stick in my library to play when I get around to them. Oh smart, yeah. So, uh and then I'm constantly getting friends recommending me stuff on Steam, so I've got like a little wish list for when I want to sit down and PC game for a bit. Mm. Nice. Cool. Right. Did we have some listener what's it oh did we? I didn't even check. Oh, yeah, sorry. I only, I noticed the emails come in yesterday. I assumed you asked for listeners' I did. thoughts <laughs> I on Patreon. I check if they did. <laughs> this is leading because I've oh, seen one you're. here. <laughs> this is quite leading because I've seen one I really want to answer. Right, hold on.
0: I'm just opening Patreon. Here we go. Okay. So, PD Dolong asks, the obvious question, is video game storytelling as valid, for want of a better word, as traditional books, oral stories, or plays?
1: So, this is the one I was looking forward to answer. I've got two answers for this. The first one is the very short one, which is yes, of course it is. What a silly question! Mm-hmm. I don't mean that. I know that sounds yes, very yes, harsh. Yes. <laughs> uh, the longer answer: I'm not going to do my massive tirade about what isn't isn't valid as an art form. Uh, you can hold things up as classics. That some things are trashy pop things, and they are all equally valid because it's a weird nebulous concept. But the bigger story: storytelling in games. It's just as valid. It's just as hard work. It's just as creative writing. And obviously, I'm very biased because it's literally the job I'm trying to get. But
0: you are biased, and from an educated edition, I'd say, because you have also written the rest of that stuff. I mean, yes. not an entire book, but you've written plays and poets. And po- I've and written plays, and I've written and poetry, and, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. plenty
1: of prose. It's absolutely as valid. It's different. It's harder work. It's more like writing theater or writing for screen than it is writing straight up prose more technical challenges there's more technical the challenges yeah. you need to have a big awareness of things like background and lore and yeah you're stepping about... in somebody else's universe a lot of the time aren't you exactly um and similar with like board games and stuff like i just played through uh massive darkness 2 which is like a massive role-playing board game um uh, my friend and i like did a whole campaign over the weekend and we played like lots of the one shot ones as well and that's really good like solid there is a story running through all of these board game campaigns you're playing where you end up like fighting the archangel michael um so yes it's absolutely is valid it takes just as much talent and skill and i have experienced stories in video games that are just as likely to make me have an emotional reaction i'm not actually going to say cry because obviously i don't do that ever no
0: we're always um, joking when we talk about how easily we cry.
1: <laughs> exactly. I don't actually ever cry.
0: <laughs> a yeah. streaked
1: face here. You can't see listeners there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there have genuinely been moments in video games that have made me sob just as much as yeah. reading a particularly well-done and sad book.
0: And yeah. I mean, that's not really been the case for me, but that doesn't mean they're less valid. I think a lot of people... Mix up valid and what I enjoy personally.
1: Yeah, that's Uh the other thing.
0: Mash that together. It's like you hear you hear people speaking out against fiction as a concept. For goodness' sake.
1: Um, I mean, we've obviously talked on the podcast about how like some people treat fantasy as its own weird sub, not as important thing as literary fiction. Yeah. And then obviously your mileage may vary. I I play video games very much motivated by what I enjoy in a story of a video game, but like my brother-in-law. Couldn't really give a fuck about story. Yeah, so he wants to go and play Red Dead Redemption Two, where he can just run around having fun being a cowboy. That's true. I didn't even ask
0: you about like the, your favorite combat uh, mechanics in games,
1: but I actually just uh, replayed. I'm um, logged into my friend's um not PlayStation PlayStation Now, which is mm-hmm. like a like Netflix but for video games, and it was that crappy game I was trying to remember the name of when you guys were over at New Year's Wet, which has got a really fun. You're playing like an assassin. Uh, who's also a hot girl with red hair, voiced by Eliza Dushku, who was Faith in Buffy. Okay. Uh, but the combat's really fun because it's things like plex, ples, press at this button and you'll slow mo slide across the floor on your knees while shooting everyone in range.
0: Oh, that sounds fun.
1: It is really satisfying. Yeah. The actual game is terrible, but the oh. combat's fun. <laughs> Good.
0: Well, and then we have another question from Danielle. I unfortunately cannot follow or play video games, but many of my friends and loved ones are gamers. How do I ask questions that make them feel like I care, even though I understand nothing?
1: It really depends on what kind of games they're into. Like, it varies hugely. There are some people who are big MMO gamers who are excited about a new area they get to explore or uh, changes in their stats, a character they've managed to build up from nothing, possibly over quite a long time, if it's like a World of Warcraft thing or something. Mm um or if they're into more like me they're into the big like narrative heavy games ask about it the way you'd ask about a book someone's reading what's it about is it fun
0: yeah and i mean you can always if you literally don't know where to start from just say what do you like about that game yeah well nick some of the questions i've asked joanna today yeah do that tell me about your favorite ones as a kid go from there Mm. tap into nostalgia
1: um, nostalgia is always fun to tap into and now I want to go play Spyro again. Well,
0: you can do that if you like. That's up to you. It's the evening now.
1: No, I'm uh, making a little 2D platformer side scrolling thing. So I'm doing it. I'm doing a game jam, but um oh, yeah. I was going to do a choose your own adventure text based thing and then I had this huge stumbling. I cannot write anything when I start trying to work on it today, oh, so no. I'm learning how to make a 2D platformer to see if some different inspiration strikes cool
0: um yeah i i i want to see a video of that when it gets over
1: i will t- i will send you a video it's quite fun so far
0: mm. i'm not uh, surprised you didn't get like too far with the with the writing a bit if you're knackered then trying yeah. to trying to it's not just the writing either is it if it's like choose your own adventure game it's
1: writing and keeping
0: a million threads in your
1: head at the same time i'm always fine with once i'm started mm. i'm good but I would have had to start today and I couldn't get over that very first hurdle. Yeah, yeah. And there are times where it's really not worth forcing it. No, no. And that goes for all writing. Yes.
0: Um, I quite enjoyed our little rant this morning. I'll cut off at some point. But <laughs> I'm not going to publicly talk about me ranting about fan fiction. But
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Huh, cool. All right. Do you reckon that's a wrap do you have anything else i haven't covered that you would like to talk about
1: probably but i'm incredibly sleep deprived and can't think about it right now so um, super i'll just do an addendum listeners if you have thoughts on this or if you've got any more questions about it and you want to address those in like a follow-up episodes get in touch because i i do really like talking about video games and recommend me video games especially fun Ooh. little indie ones i can acquire on steam because i really should stop just playing dragon age over and over again yeah you should i mean. <laughs>
0: you know i've been saying over and over again though no, no judgments for various things slightly judging you on the dragon age thing joanna i just wanted to not
1: start anything new i know i know but it's such a long one. Oh god i know i'm like 50 hours in i'm like two-thirds of the way through the story i'm not even like doing all the completionist shit this time uh, terrible okay <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this silly bonus episode of the true shall make you fret. I don't have an episode plan up, so I can't remember where to find us, but in various places. And honestly, if you've got this far, you probably know if you would like to email us though, you can do that. True shall make you fret pod at com, and send us your cheat codes, your albatrosses and your, I don't know, small bouncy hedgehogs. Ah.
0: Uh, if you want to follow us, follow us, uh, pay pay us. If you want to give us money, you go to patreon.com slash Um That's and the
1: only social media of ours I have open on my browser at the moment. There you can exchange your hard-earned pennies for some bonus nonsense, like hopefully at some point me streaming the Discworld games.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And more importantly, if you send me money, I can buy other games and Francine won't have to listen to me talk about Dragon Age again. Until next time, dear listener,
0: Game over.